AM 1060 KDUS Tempe Phoenix and KSLX HD2 Scottsdale Phoenix. It's now time to enter the sports zone with your host, Bob Kemp. Cross to Durant, loads up for three. Hold the pose, KD. A lot of wasted bulls in it today. Alan Brown is first. Leonard. Got a three. His second three-pointer. They're tenth of the first half. Ten for 18 and is back up to 14. This season they have not. Mm. And off the block, here's Levine. Wow, he pulls for a three. Got it! Zach Levine! Down 10 to up 8. Alexander, the mid-range, lethal. Thompson hits it in the air, high and deep, and gone. It's a grand slam. Second career slam for Trace Thompson, and it's a five-run L.A. first. Well, you thought the Diamondbacks perhaps caught a break when that Mookie Betts uh, seemingly home run ball was called fan interference, but boy, the Dodgers just pounding away at Mad Bum here. Stayed with that play on Clay, then DiVincenzo the other way, steals it away. Curry broadens out on the wing. He'll flare and fire and hit the three. Steph Curry. Here comes Malik Monk. Irving trying to poke the ball away. Fox, runner, three-point game. We've answered the final four from a couple years ago. Hawkins. And Sonogo lays it up and in. 18 points. And the offense pulling very hard on that rope. There's a swing and a high drive into right center field. This should do it to his left. Manuel Margot is there. Would you believe 13-0 to start the year? The Tampa Bay Rays have swept the Boston Red Sox four in a row. And they tie a major league record by starting the new season. 13 wins in a row. Dial 602-260-1060. That's 602-260-1060. Or tweet the show at KDUSAM1060. And now, here's your sports zone guide, Bob Kemp, on KDUSAM1060. And welcome to the Friday, April 14th edition of the Sports Zone. Not just the news and scores, the news and scores with analysis. In today's Sports Zone, right here on KDUS AM 1060 and KISS Lux HD 2 100.7, Suns Clippers, it's finally here. Who you got ATS on Sunday? Also, the NBA play-in tournament. Do you like the format and who you got tonight? The Diamondbacks, what should they do with Bumgarner if he's not effective against the anemic Marlins offense? Back to the NBA. What first-round series are you most looking forward to? And how about some uh, series playoff predictions? Looking ahead to the NBA draft, the NBA draft. Will Sonogo be a good fit in in the NBA, be a good NBA player? Around Major League Baseball, what caught your eye on Thursday? Other than the Rays winning again. And what else caught your eye around sports since our last show? All right, here's today's schedule lineup on the show, which is the most informative sports talk Monday through Friday. In moments, we'll have the introduction of today's pipeline. 
Uh, at 9.15, we'll have a Suns Clippers preview, the latest on the Clippers with Tomir Azerly of Clutch Points. 9.30 or so to be interactive action at 602-260-1060. And also the local roundup. That includes a little on the Suns and the Clippers and a little bit on the Diamondbacks and the Marlins. Final segment of the sports zone will be the national roundup. That will include from the scoreboard, a little baseball from yesterday, and also the latest line for the NBA tonight and over the weekend. And also uh, we'll get to some baseball time pending as far as the latest line goes in that final segment of today's sports zone. Then after the sports zone, uh, we will have the extra point. That's hosted by Kayla. And uh, our first Sacramento Kings segment in a really, really, really long time. <laughs> I don't even remember the last time we did a Sacramento Kings segment, but uh, we will do that during the extra point today. On to the pipeline we go. Time for today's Pipeline, where the host reveals the hot topics for discussion. And we start with the poll question, the KDUS poll question at KDUS1060.com. And today's question is, who you got Sunday ATS, the Suns minus seven, or the Clip, uh, Clippers plus seven. And Kayla, what do we have here? We have the Suns minus seven at 75% of the vote. Clippers plus seven, 25%. By the way, my assumption is the Suns will be a larger favorite by Sunday's 5 p.m. tip-off because this should be a game with a large wagering handle, and the public is most likely, uh, most likely they go with the, uh, the favorite with the high-profile sporting events. All right, today's Twitter poll question, do you like the NBA play-in tournament? Kayla, what's the latest here? The latest is no, 62.5% of the vote. Yes, 37.5%. This is on Twitter at KDOS AM 1060. Maybe a little surprised with that. The 2023 play-in tournament ends tonight. So who you got, ATS, Chicago minus 5.5 or Miami, excuse me, Chicago plus 5.5 or Miami minus 5.5. And uh, Minnesota against Oklahoma City. Uh, Minnesota laying 5.5 in that game. Uh, if you have any preferences, let us know. All right, we'll have more NBA shortly. First up, back on the local front, Madison Bumgarner should have some success tonight. The Diamondbacks adjusted their starting rotation, I assume, purposely. So Bumgarner would get a start tonight against the Marlins, who have scored 41 runs so far this young season. They have eight fewer runs than any other National League team. That's amazing at this point of the season. That's a huge difference. So... What should the Diamondbacks do with Madison Bumgarner if he does not look good tonight against the offensively inept Marlins? Meanwhile, spanning the globe, back to the NBA. The playoffs officially begin on Saturday. We know uh, six of the matchups. So, which playoff series, other than the Suns and Clippers, are you most looking forward to? Nets, Sixers, Hawks, Celtics, Knicks and uh, Cavaliers, Warriors, Kings, or Grizzlies and Lakers. And if you have some playoff predictions, series predictions, or you know, game one predictions, we're all for that kind of an unofficial prediction Friday here. Meanwhile, looking ahead to the NBA draft, Connecticut post player Adama Sinogo testing the waters after he, of course, led UConn to the national championship earlier this month. Will Sinogo be a good NBA player? Another day, another Tampa Bay Rays victory. 13 straight wins to start the season. 
after Thursday's win over the Red Sox, but the Rays did lose starting pitcher Jeffrey Springs to an arm injury. He might be out for up to two months. Uh, that's one of the reports I heard this morning, in fact. What stood out to you during Thursday's Major League Baseball action? It was a limited schedule yesterday. Also, in addition to all these outstanding questions, what else caught your eye since our last show? All right, it's the pipeline for today. We've got all these tremendous topics and much more during today's sensational radio program. Anything else on your mind falls into the general discussion categories, whether it's from the pipeline or a sports topic on your mind, 602 260 1060, or you can tweet the show at KDUSAM1060 or twitter.com slash KDUSAM1060. Basically, the only rules are accuracy and objectivity. If you violate those rules or if you're just simply bad, you will be the target of this. All right, coming up next, Corey will have a news update. That'll be followed by a Suns Clippers series preview. And then once again, at the bottom of the hour, to be more phone call time. Uh, 602-260-1060, general discussion at that point. We'll also have a little bottom line for those pipeline questions that I just mentioned that are not poll questions. We'll get to the poll questions in a couple hours plus uh, with Kayla during the extra point. Of course, that's from 10 to noon. Uh, but uh, we'll also have a little, uh, as I mentioned, uh, local roundup action, a little more on the Suns and the Clippers at the bottom of the hour and a little on the Diamondbacks and the Marlins as they begin a three-game series in Miami starting tonight. You're listening to Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KISS Lux HD 2 100.7. do what's best for the team and we'll do what's best for you. The Rich Eisen Show coming to you weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. here on KDUS AM 1060 and KDUS1060.com. Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KS Lux HD2 100.7. Your home of the Dan Patrick Show live Monday through Friday from 6 to 9 a.m. The Suns and the Clippers. Seems like it's been a long time since we knew this matchup. It's been less than a week, but it seems like a long time. Uh, they begin their playoff series on Sunday. Out to the KDUS hotline we go. We're now joined in the sports zone by Tamir Azerly of uh, Clutch Points. And good to have you on the show. And, uh, okay, let's get to the big question first. What's up with Paul George and the knee injury? <laughs> first of all, thank you guys for having me. Uh, look, Paul George is slowly recovering from that sprained right knee. Uh, he was out there shooting at practice the other day. He's been doing a lot of upper body workout. I think that's what the majority of his, um, you know, workout stuff going on. I know that he's doing some uh, flexion and mobility work with, with with that knee and trying to make sure that he can put the right amount of pressure and have the, uh, you know, the right amount of mobility to do the necessary movements to get back on the court. Uh, but I think the Clippers are kind of operating under the impression that they'll have to get out of the first round in order to see Paul George. Now, he may surprise him that he'll feel a little quicker than expected. Uh, maybe we'll see him like a game six or seven, but I think the Clippers are kind of operating with the, with the assumption that they have to get out of the first round of CPG. So how does the Clippers approach, or how has it changed without George on the floor? And and I guess I guess the, the kind of the good news is the Clippers have had at least a couple of weeks to figure that out. 
Right, and I think the addition of Russell Westbrook is, you know, was very well documented. Very, very, you know, it was curious to see how he would fit with this kind of team. And I think um, it's it really helped him that he's been here because of the Paul George injury. Because they needed a guy who could be that secondary star who can who can kind of play, um, just play first of all, because they've had injury, very injury prone stars, um, and have guys who can go out there, get downhill, create for other players. Um, and just be a guy who could be staggered with Kawhi Leonard, so you don't have to play Kawhi Leonard, uh, you know, all 48. I know that he played this, this uh, you know, 43 minutes the other night. I think he played 47 in, the, in another game. So they've had to stagger Kawhi and PG, and I think Russell's really helped with that. Um, in addition to that, we've seen a lot of Bones Highland and Norman Powell um, as kind of the guards off the bench, and I think, you know, that's helped a lot without Kawhi, without uh, Paul George. They've needed some kind of scoring boost and an offensive punch and playmaking, and uh, Norm and Bones have been able to provide that. So, um, you know, I think those two are going to be huge. I think Norman Powell is kind of the X factor for this series as far as for the Clippers uh, because he will be able to provide a lot of bench bench scoring for them. And if he doesn't provide that, I find it very hard to see how they'll beat the Phoenix Suns without that. So um, they, they've gotten used to it, but again, it, it's only been about nine games without PG. So I think they're still getting used to to how they want to play without PG. You mentioned that they've you know, had the injury. Obviously, they've had injury issues and load management situations really the entire season. Ty Lue has been dealing with that. How would you assess Lue's job performance with all this stuff going on? Yeah, I think you know from the outside, there's a lot of noise around this team, whether it might be you know criticism of the stars, of the coach, of the coaching staff, whatever it might be. And I think I think all of it to some extent is fair. Um, but you look at, you know, how the season started, uh, Kawhi Leonard coming off the bench. And, you know, again, first of all, he's in his first year back from an ACL tear, which is almost never easy for, uh, you know, a, a guy who does as much as Kawhi does on both ends of the floor. So he's been fantastic. Um, but, you know, he did have to miss a month at the start of the year due to, due to what he called a setback with his knee. So uh, they were kind of already behind the eight ball with that. Um, you know, as soon as he came back, Paul George went down with a hamstring injury. So, you know, we never, I think we, in total, we got to see maybe five or six games of this team fully healthy. Because as soon as they signed Russell Westbrook, they were healthy. And then Norman Powell went down a game and a half later. So we never really got to see this team fully healthy. So I think all things considered, I, you know, when we've asked this, uh, the team kind of understands that it's been a long year. They've been through a lot. And they've endured. Their goal is just to make the playoffs after last year's disappointing year where they didn't, you know, they lost the play-in game, two play-in games um, as the eighth seed. Uh, I think their goal is just to make the playoffs. And I think they feel like once they get in the playoffs, um, they can do anything. Anything is possible for them. They, they have one of the best coaches, one of the best adjustment coaches in the league. Uh, we know what Kawhi Leonard can do as, as a superstar leader in the NBA. So I think they feel like they just wanted to get here. And once they do, they, they can make some noise. So, um, again, all things considered, I think it, it, it's been a really rough year, but I think they're, uh, I don't want to say satisfied, but they're content given everything they've gone through. You mentioned Kawhi and his minutes have certainly increased here down the stretch. And so is his you know, productivity. Uh, I assume his responsibilities have changed too and increased uh, without George on the floor. How, how's that actually worked out? Yeah, so I think, you know, we, we've seen him play enough to get minutes. And I think a lot of that was because the Clippers just wanted to secure a top six seed, first of all. Um, but I, I think in general, Kawhi just understands that without PG, it's going to be, you know, he's going to see a lot of the double teams. He's going to be the guy responsible to get the team off to, to, to good starts along with Russell. So um, he's just he's just been able to, and I, I think it just goes beyond, you know, the games that George missed, the final nine or ten games that he missed. Uh, going back to the final, like, 23 games, 
uh, 33 games, excuse me, 33 games of the season. Kawhi Leonard is averaging uh, 27, uh, 7, and 5 on 50, 40, 90. Uh, so he's really, after a rough start to the season, he's really, really found his groove uh, since about uh, mid-January um, on both ends of the floor. So really, he's just been great since January. And I think he understands what kind of is at stake here, what he, what he has to do. He's, he's done something similar with the Raptors where he was kind of the, you know, the, the single star and there were a bunch of complimentary players around him. So um, until PG gets back, if, he, if he's able to get back, uh, Kawhi understands that you know it's going to be a lot of him, it's going to be a lot of, finding his guys and making sure that he's setting his guys up for a lot of open looks. The Bone Thailand, Kawhi Leonard minutes have been really good um, in the short time that we've seen them. So I think that's something the Clippers will also kind of look to explore and see if they can capitalize on. But I think it's just finding a groove with some of the, with some of the newer guys. Again, Russell has been here 21 games. Um, Bones has really become a, a bench factor in the last nine or ten games. And Norm just came back from injury about seven games ago. So you're trying to find a groove with some of these guys um, together collectively as a whole. And I think uh, they've done a good job of that. But look, they've got no easy task going against uh, you know, KD, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, DeAndre Aiden. That's going to be a heck of a, of a top four to go up against. So I think they have their work cut out for them. You mentioned West work some there. You know, how would you assess, I don't know if we can call it his return to Los Angeles. I don't know if he ever actually left Los Angeles, but how would you assess his time with the Clippers? No, he did stay here. He just took a few days after the trade of the Jazz and kind of just trying to play the future. And um, look, I mean, I think that there's something to be said about simply having peace of mind and being wanted somewhere. Um, you know, I think anyone, any one of us at our jobs want to feel wanted and want to feel appreciated uh, for what we do. And I think with the Lakers, whether it was a fit standpoint or, or you know, maybe a, a chemistry standpoint, it wasn't working, but it simply wasn't working. And I think it, it was evident for a while. Um, despite the head coaching change. And I think with the Clippers, you know, I talked to guys even before he, he, he signed with them, and they were just like, you know, I'd be open to it. You know, we've seen what he can do, and I think, you know, it's all about the fit. It's all about the, the personnel you put around him, and we feel like we have the best team for him. And, uh, look, I mean, he's shooting about 48% from the field uh, since joining them and, and 36% from three. And small sample size of 21 games, but over an 82-game season, those are career highs for him. He's shooting for your eyes from the field and from three uh, with the Clippers. So um, I, I think he's just been able to play his game, play within his role. Uh, Tyler's really just given him um, kind of just, just the reins to do, to do what he knows he can do, but also do it within, within the flow of the offense, understanding that guys like Bones and Norm and Kawhi and Nico Batum and all these guys in Zubov, they have to get touches too and they have to get involved. And Russell, Russell's been a good job, done a good job of that throughout his career, but – um, I think he's just done a really good job, even to my surprise a little bit, of just playing within that role, not getting too, you know, involved in maybe the one-on-one matchup or, you know, the, the, the previous Laker game, for example, which was which is a very highly anticipated game. He really just played within himself. He can get into a, a one-on-one with kind of LeBron or AD. And I think uh, as long as Westbrook does that and plays within that role, he's going to be really good for them. I, I think, you know, the turnovers are going to be there. The missed shots are going to be there. Um but you kind of have to live with the positives uh, that he also brings on the other side. So uh, he's been good so far. He's been good. Zubots. Uh, he averaged roughly 10 points and 10 rebounds per game during the regular season. I think he could play a big role in this series. Why, why has he been so effective, and how do you think he factors in against the Suns? Yeah, Zub will be interesting because I think, um, you know, in, in the 2021 series, given this is a two completely different looking teams right now. 
Um, Zoo was able to give Chris Paul some problems. I know that uh, the, the Clippers like kind of like that Zubats Chris Paul matchup to try and get um, you know other guys involved, try to get him involved with other guys. So um, Zoo's just been really good for them. He's, he's been a defensive anchor all year. He started the year off fantastic for them. He's you know kind of dealt with some injuries here and there, but um, he's just a high IQ basketball player. He, he's <clears throat> very high in communication, um, knows where to be, knows how to communicate with his guys. And, um, you know, I think we'll see that in this series. I think he'll be, he'll be tested greatly in this series, given some of the guys we'll see. And I'm not sure that we'll see a traditional, you know, kind of zoo on DeAndre Ayton uh, series. Uh, we might see him on some other guys and we try to gimmick the game a little bit defensively. So, um, but, but Zoo's been great. Zoo's been fantastic, like you said, averaging a double-double for the first time in his career. Um, I think he had a career high in double-doubles this year with like 26 of them. So uh, he's, been, he's been really good. He's been really solid. Uh, the addition of Russell has been really good for him. I think he's been able to find him a few more times, you know, that traditional kind of uh, downhill point guard finding his guy. So uh, Zeus benefited from that. And I think, um, again, he's been good, but this, he really has his work cut out for him in this series because, like I said, uh, four of the top five players in this series, I think, belong to the Suns. I do like the complimentary players, quote-unquote complimentary players of the Clippers. Yeah, Norman Powell, for instance. You mentioned him earlier He's had some really good moments over the years against the Suns. How much does he factor into this series? Yeah, I mean, like I said earlier, I, I believe he's the X factor. For me, he's the X factor for the Clippers in this series because, uh, especially without PG, he's probably going to be <clears throat> their their second best player, their second best score behind Kawhi Leonard, uh, or they're going to need him to be anyway. Uh, I think he's averaged about 15, 16, maybe 18 points since, since coming back from his injury. Uh, his ability to get to the free throw line uh, has been has, has been great for them, and I think uh, what's interesting about this series is that you know looking at some of the numbers, I, I know it's a small sample size with Kevin Durant back, but the Suns are a little bit foul prone, but they, they foul a bit a bit much um, compared to the rest of the league. So um, you know I, I'm not saying that you know Norm is going to target them like that, but I think that's something that may come into play here, where uh, Norm decides he's, he's one of those guys that has the ability to draw contact, get to the line, and um, you know put the onus on the refs to call fouls. So. Um, I think he'll be he'll be big. He'll be big. They really need him to, to to not be a liability defensively, and they're going to need him to be um, just just as great as he can be offensively. Again, without PG, they're going to need this from from everyone they can find. And I think um, top to bottom, the complimentary players complimentary players have been good this year. Um, again, playoffs are a different animal. I, I think we really we really need to see Norm lock in here. Um, you know, sometimes he can get a little too lost in the in the trying to draw contact that he might just you know, just lose the ball too often. So um, it's going to be interesting to see how this how this series is kind of called because, like I said, the fouls the fouls the, the Suns have called for a lot of fouls uh, since KD got yep. what I've seen in the numbers. So I'm curious to see how that kind of plays out. Even before he got here, <laughs> they were they were called for a lot of fouls. <laughs> Eric. Eric Eric Gordon's another guy that has really had some really good games against the Suns over the years. In fact, I wanted the Suns to go get him somehow before the trade deadline, the buyout thing, whatever. Uh, what has what Gordon brought to the Clippers? Yeah, I think, first of all, just a veteran leader who's been there. I know that um, veteran leadership is a bit underrated in this league, I think. Um, people talk about you know having youth and athleticism, and that, that's necessary. You do need the right amount of that. But uh, Gordon's been able to bring a, just a calm demeanor to you know he never looks razzled, he never looks um, you know out of it, he never looks just, just he's always in, under control and looks calm. So 
Um, that's the first aspect of what he brings. Secondly, um, his ability to shoot threes from <clears throat> four or five feet behind the line, not sure how he does it, uh, but <laughs> those are just those are just incredible floor spacing shots right there. Um, and even if he doesn't make them, it's, just, it's keeping the defense honest. Uh, I know he got off to a rough start here with the Clippers, but um, he, he found a shot of late. He, he, he became the starter without PG, and um, he's just been able to open the open the floor up. And I think when you have the length uh, that, that the Suns have defensively with uh, a KD, a, a Devin Booker, a Torrey Craig, Josh Kogi, um, that extra couple feet of spacing helps a lot. Or is you know, Kawhi being able to create, or Eric having you know some extra spaces to get a shot off. So um, Eric's been great for them. Eric's been fantastic. I think he's been a little streaky, uh, but that's kind of just been his career. Uh, the key for him is just staying healthy. He, he, he was dealing with with a hip thing last time they played, and I think you know this week off has definitely helped him recover from that. Uh, but he's been fantastic. I think the spacing that he provides, the, the, the calm demeanor that he provides, especially in what's going to be a raucous arena, uh, Footprint Center on Sunday, uh, that's going to be huge for them. All right, so I assume Westbrook's going to be aggressive defensively against Chris Paul. Uh, so how do the Clippers, especially without Paul George, how do they try to match up defensively in this series against Durant and Booker? Yeah, that's an interesting one. Uh, because we try to ask Ty, and Ty, uh, Ty Lue has been you know, keeping this card close to the vest on this one. Um, I think, you know, historically speaking, we've seen the Clippers do some interesting uh, kind of matchups for playoff series. We saw them go five out small against the Dallas Mavericks a couple of years ago, and that was you know when Dallas was starting both Boban and Chris Sapsworzingis, two seven-footers. So, um, you know, I believe we'll kind of see um, possibly a zoo start out on Chris Paul uh, at times, um, have Russ obviously guard him as well. Uh, I, I just think we'll see a, you know, Kawhi to start out on Devin Booker to start. Um and, and kind of just, just, I'm not sure with KD what they might do. I'm, I'm guessing they'll put a Nico Batum on him or kind of switch that uh, with, with Eric Gordon or have uh, Eric Gordon guard Devin Booker and have Kawhi guard to KD. So they have a lot of possibility. Again, they, they kind of have the defensive versatility as well to kind of handle this team. But um, it, there's no easy, easy answer here. I think there's just a lot of switchability on both teams. Um, you know, Durant's just, I, I, they haven't played many minutes with him at the five, and I know they like to use. A lot of DeAndre Aiden, a lot of Bismack Biombo, and Jock Landale at times. Uh, but even he can play the five for them. Katie's, you know, been historically a, a good help defender as a five man. So um, there's a ton of different matchups we can see here. I'm guessing, look, once it comes down to the fourth quarter, uh, you'll see a lot of maybe Westbrook on Paul, uh, Kawhi on Kevin Durant, uh, and, and those types of stars guarding each other. But um, to start the series, I, I am kind of curious to see how each team matchups. You know, Ty Lue said the other day at practice that. Um, you kind of have a week to prepare for games one, two, and three. This week helps, but at the same time, once you see what what each team does in game one, you kind of just flip, yeah. and, and, and you know maybe maybe the entire week is, is worthless now because you have to change everything you were planning for entirely. You have to see how they attack you. So I am curious to see how, how both teams kind of get off to defensively uh, w- as far as matchups go. I think that's actually the best thing about the playoffs is to see how teams are going to match up individually against each other. So it's a, a big deal here. Okay, so what are your expectations for the series, which I guess is kind of a, you know, a different way of asking what, what's your prediction for the series? Yeah, I've gone back and forth on this a few times. Um, this, to me, um, you know, I think 
as far as the role players go, the Clippers have the advantage here. But with the, the you know the stars come, I think clearly the Suns have the advantage. And usually the stars are where you're able to take advantage in a playoff series, win the playoff series. So, um, you know, I, I think Suns in six feels safe. It could even be Suns in five, uh, but I feel like Suns in six is safe just because again. Four of the five best players are going to be on that side of the court. Um, Kevin Durant, historically, is just unstoppable in the playoffs. I think last year against the, the Celtics was, was a little strange thing for him, so he wants to come out and prove himself. Devin Booker and Chris Paul want to come out and prove themselves after last year's embarrassing showing against the Mavs. So, like, I think there's just a lot to prove uh, on, on the Phoenix Suns side. I mean, the Clippers, look, they want to they, they want to win a championship. I, I know that that's what they've been targeting for a long time now. Um you don't have Paul George, and I don't think they'll use that as an excuse of any kind. But, you know, I, I, I think it's fair to say that the pressure is on the Suns here. So I'm going to go Suns in six. I think they take care of them in six. Tomir, this has been great. I appreciate it. Thanks for the time. Thank you. My pleasure. Tamir Azerly of uh, Clutch Points. Excellent stuff there. Looking ahead to the series, which, of course, begins on Sunday. Next segment. Phone call time. General discussion. If you want to talk Suns Clippers, I'll have a little more on the series in the next segment with the local roundup. Also, time pending, we'll get to uh, some Diamondbacks and Marlins in the next segment in addition. You're listening to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and Castle X HD 2 100.7. Carving out time in your afternoon for the Doug Gottlieb Show right here on KDUS AM 1060, 100.7 HD2, and KDUS1060.com. Weekdays from 1 to 3 p.m. It's time for today's local roundup. Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLUX HD2 100.7. In addition to the local roundup, it is phone call time, 602-260-1060. General discussion. We'll get to your phone calls and uh, get the local roundup here shortly. First up, a quick repeat of today's pipeline and the poll questions today, the KDUS poll question at KDUS1060.com. Who you got ATS on Sunday? The Suns laying seven or the Clippers plus seven? Also, uh, today's Twitter poll question, do you like the NBA play-in tournament? Final two games of that play-in tournament are tonight. And uh, we'll answer the poll questions a couple hours from now during the extra point hosted by Kayla. As far as also in addition to the play-in games tonight, who you got ATS in the two games tonight, uh, Chicago plus 5.5 or Miami minus 5.5. The other game, Minnesota, is uh, laying 5.5 against Oklahoma City. I don't have an opinion of the uh, Bulls and Heat game. But I'm uh, riding again with the Thunder here. Uh, the Wolves are going to expected to have, I assume, Rudy Gobert back from the suspension. That was supposedly a one-game suspension, but the Wolves still without Jaden McDaniels, who I think will really be missed at the defensive end in this game. They, he certainly was missed on Tuesday night in Los Angeles, and I think he'll be missed tonight against the uh, Thunder multiple perimeter scorers and, and guys that get into the paint. And I think the Wolves still... Uh, expected to be without Nas Reed, and I don't think there's been enough made about his injury and his absence on Tuesday night and his apparent absence tonight from uh, the Wolves team because of injury. All right, more on the NBA shortly. First up, uh, a couple other quick things here. Actually, one other quick thing, and then I'll get back to the NBA. Uh, the Diamondbacks 
What should they do with Madison Bumgarner if he doesn't look good tonight against the offensively inept Marlins? And Bumgarner, if he doesn't look good against the Marlins tonight, I think the organization needs to consider moving him to a long relief role. But truth be told, I'm not sure who had actually moved into the starting rotation for the Diamondbacks. They've already dealt with some injury situations on their pitching staff, starters and relievers. So I'm not sure if there's a lot of options out there unless uh, somebody's stepping up in AAA. And uh, as of about a week ago, that had not happened, at least to that point. Back to the NBA playoffs we go. So which of the uh, six matchups that we currently now know of, uh, other than the Suns and the Clippers, are you most looking forward to? Your options are the Nets, Sixers, Hawks, Celtics, Knicks, Cavaliers, Warriors, Kings, Lakers, Grizzlies, and I'm most looking forward to watching the Warriors and the Kings. And we'll actually preview that series during the extra point, so stay tuned for that. And also looking forward to the Lakers and the Grizzlies. I'm not interested in betting on any first-round series, at least right now, but I do like the Warriors in Game 1 at Sacramento on Saturday. Meanwhile, looking ahead to the NBA draft, will Adama Sinogo be a good NBA player? And I don't think he's going to be a good NBA player. Uh, there's little, uh, you know, there's not much use for you know low post threats in the NBA right now, unless you're an incredible low post player. And Sonogo definitely lacks length, unless he, you know, somehow measures a lot more than he looks when he's playing college basketball. He's not an NBA shot blocker, so I actually think that Sonogo should return to UConn for another year. And uh, with NIL deals, I think he can make more money staying in college for another season. All right, another day, another Tampa Bay victory, even though they did lose Jeffrey Springs, possibly up to uh, two months with an arm injury yesterday, starting pitcher Jeffrey Springs. So what else stood out to you during Thursday night's MLB action? And I'll have some baseball observations to start the next segment, including a little more on Tampa. In addition to all these excellent questions and topics, what else caught your eye since our last show? And that's the uh, bottom line for today. All right, on to, uh, back to the Suns and the Clippers. Uh, the Suns are huge favorites to win this best-of-seven series. A brief sample, and I mean brief. I didn't go terribly in-depth to this, uh, but I went into – I looked at at least three places, uh, maybe even four, several places, if that's three or four or several. It is for me, at least in this case. Uh, some worldwide sports books. The consensus seemed to be that the Suns are like five to one favorites to win this series. That's a pretty big number. And uh, they're mostly a seven point favorite in Sunday's game one. The point spread obviously tells you that the wagering market does not expect Paul George to make a rapid and unexpected recovery in game one. As we mentioned last year, Tamir mentioned in the last segment, he doesn't know if uh, he, he, he sounded like he didn't think that George was even going to play in the series. The, the Suns, of course, are undefeated 8-0 and when Kevin Durant plays with them. Uh, and according to ESPN earlier this week, I did not fact check this, but they said this, that, George, uh, that excuse me, Durant is undefeated playing uh, with anybody since early January. Remember, he, went, uh, he was injured while playing for the Nets. So he hasn't lost a game in several months. Uh, then after the uh, Lakers win on Tuesday night, uh, the NBA released the Suns-Clippers series schedule. And, you know, they go Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. So that's four. the first four games are over a seven-day span. Then 
if they go seven games, if necessary, the last three games are over an eight-game span. So if Paul George is going to return, it would seem more likely uh, that he would be able to pull that off during the final three games of a seven-game series, uh, considering that's over an eight-day stretch. So I think that uh, scheduling thing would favor the Clippers, quite frankly, if George is able to return late in the series. Meanwhile, the Diamondbacks begin a six-game road trip tonight. The Diamondbacks, because of uh, the Madison Bumgarner on the mound, they're 145 underdogs tonight against the lowly Marlins. Tyler Rogers, who hasn't been very good, is on the mound for the Marlins tonight. Bumgarner's first two starts, 0-1, 727 or a run average, a horrendous whip of 2.19. The Diamondbacks, in fact, moved him out of the scheduled Wednesday start against the Brewers. I'm assuming that was in large part because the Marlins' offense is really bad. As I mentioned in the pipeline, he's uh, they, uh, the Marlins have scored 41 runs this season so far. That is eight runs fewer than any other National League team. Rodgers, as I mentioned, not very good. He's 0-2 with a six-pointer run average and a 133 whip, which is bad, but not nearly as bad as Bumgarner. So we'll see what happens. And uh, I guess it's a small sample size here, but uh, you know the Marlins are 5-5, five five, uh, team earned run average of 552, uh, and they're minus 21 in run differential so far. By comparison, the Diamondbacks sitting at 7-3, and three, team earned run average of 425, which ain't great, uh, but they do have a run differential of plus 12. The bottom line, after last night's uh, Padres loss to the Brewers, uh, the Diamondbacks uh, lead with the and the, the NL West increased. Diamondbacks now eight and five. The the Dodgers uh, move into the uh, second spot at seven and six. Uh, the Padres now have dropped to seven and seven. San Francisco five and seven, and Colorado five and eight. Colorado is bad. I think the Giants might not be very good. So I wouldn't be shocked, be shocked if. Uh, the majority of the season, we're looking at the Giants fourth in this division and the Rockies fifth in this division. All right, coming up next, we will conclude today's sports zone. Oh, I got one more thing. I'm sorry. Trace McSorley. It's over. We don't have to watch him play anymore. We don't have to watch him try to complete a pass. Uh, he agreed to terms on Thursday, the now former Cardinals quarterback with the Patriots. McSorley. I'm going to mention this one last time, unless I mention it again for some strange reason in the future. But his final home appearance with the Cardinals, that was possibly the worst I've ever seen from a Cardinals starting quarterback since I started this gig in 2002. It is saying something that that might have been the worst performance I've seen from a Cardinals starting quarterback. Remember the overtime loss to Tampa? He was 25 of 45 for 217 yards. He had passes that weren't even close to being in the playing field of that game. He was so bad that he only threw one interception in the game, and not surprisingly, no touchdowns. But we are done watching Trace McSorley, which is a good thing. I remember watching a uh, training camp practice with him, and it was just atrocious watching him try to complete passes against error in training camp practices. All right, coming up next, we'll have a news update with Corey. Now I'm done. Uh, that'll be followed by the conclusion of today's sports zone with the national roundup topped by the uh, latest line 
Uh, we'll get to a little bit from baseball from last night, a little more on the Rays, and a little bit about a player that got benched, which if you listen to this show over the years, there's probably no player, not just in baseball, but no player in professional sports I think is more selfish than the guy who got benched during a game last night for failing to hustle. Stunning development. In fact, I had like five people text me about this when it happened last night because they knew I would just be going, oh, I knew that was going to happen someday. Anyway, we'll get to that in the next segment. We'll get to as much NBA latest line stuff as humanly possible in one short segment. You're listening to Sports with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KISS Lux HD2 100.7. Listen to rewards for you with the KDUS 1060 app. Download today to hear all of the national and local shows you love. That's the KDUS 1060 app. Segment today's sports on a little Leonard Skinner direction here. All right, JJ Kale song, by the way. Uh, back, welcome back. Final segment of the sports zone with Bob Kemp on KDUSA M1060 and KSLUX HD2 100.7. Quickly, let's whip through as much of this national roundup as I can get to. Uh, from the baseball scoreboard yesterday, the Rays are 13 and 0, but they did lose uh, starting pitcher Jeffrey Springs to an arm injury that could sideline him up to two months. I heard this morning on a podcast. Uh, on uh, Thursday, Tampa Bay rally, they had a seven-run fifth inning, and uh, they matched the 13-win start of the 1982 Atlanta Braves and the 1987 Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, they also, uh, you know, the longest streak ever, by the way, is 20-0 uh, by the 1884 St. Louis Maroons. And contrary to popular belief, I'm not old enough to have watched the Maroons play in the Union Association, whatever the hell that was. I've never, I don't think I've ever heard of the Union Association before. Sounds like a rock group from like the 60s. Meanwhile, the Rays have uh, won all but two of their games by four or more runs. They've outscored their opponents 101-30. to And that's uh, obviously uh, they have the most runs scored and the most runs allowed. By the way, the Red Sox have now lost 13 consecutive games over the years in Tampa or, you know, St. Pete in this case, to be more accurate geographically. Baseball's most selfish player benched last night by former Diamondbacks manager A.J. Hinch. Hooray to A.J. Hinch. Uh, Javier Baez benched after a pair of base running issues, failing to hustle, and then he didn't know how many outs there were. Uh, so other than that, it went really great, and apparently this has been an issue before. After the game, Hinch told reporters that he could have benched other players, for base running mistakes in this series, but he benched Baez uh, because he thought that would send the loudest message. I also listen to the same baseball podcast, CBS Sports. It's a fantasy podcast, but they get into a lot of uh, you know stuff. Uh, they mentioned that uh, they suggested that Baez, who by the way is in the second year of a six-year, hundred and forty million dollar contract, they mentioned that uh, they wouldn't be surprised if Baez was not on the Tigers roster for much longer they got to figure out a way to either buy him out or trade him, or I don't know how that would work, but he's just a waste of a roster spot, especially in a young team when you're trying to instill baseball acumen. Let's put it that way. All right, on to some uh, latest line action for the NBA. Tonight's play-in games 
I'm going consensus Nevada lines on this one. Uh, Miami is a five and a half point favorite over Chicago. Total in that game, 208 and a half. And uh, Oklahoma City at Minnesota. And Minnesota, five and a half point favorite. Total in that game, 228 and a half. I have no opinion on Chicago, Miami. And I definitely favor Oklahoma City getting the points. Uh, and I'm just kind of riding out with Oklahoma City. I had them the other night against New Orleans. Uh, some games on Saturday. Philadelphia remains a four and a half point favorite. Game one against Brooklyn. Boston nine over Atlanta in game one. Cleveland five and a half at home against the Knicks in game one. Sacramento a one point home favorite, even though there's some picks popping up in Nevada uh, against the uh, Golden State Warriors. More in that game in the next uh, hour or in, during the extra point uh, with Kalo. We're going to preview, uh, talk a lot about the Kings. Uh, meanwhile, Memphis and the Lakers. The Lakers, a three-and-a-half-point underdog. That's up from three, the opening number in that, of course, the Suns game. As we mentioned previously, the Suns, a seven-point uh, home favorite. There's a few seven-and-a-halves around the world, by the way, if you really want to you know, get a better number. Uh, if you're on the Clippers side of things, you can get a better number if you have access to a lot of other things other than just uh, Arizona. And uh, But uh, seven and a halfs out there, but mainly sevens around the planet. Also, the Warriors expected to get Andrew Wiggins back on the floor. He's been out since February the 13th. And uh, he reportedly will come off the bench in week one, uh, game one, excuse me, of the series tomorrow night uh, against the Sacramento Kings. In fact, that's an evening game. Not only the Kings on national television in the playoff game, it's a primetime game. So there you go. All right, that's it for the Sports Zone for today. Much more upcoming in the next two hours in the Extra Point, hosted by Kayla, so stay tuned for that. Thanks for listening. This has been the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp.